things we learn over the weekend. Sunlight is incredibly good for the mind and the soul. In-depth and thorough statistics do not lie, and footy that matters is the best kind of footy. And for the most part, every game matters now. With me to share in a cup of morning coffee and toast the successes of a weekend well done is the punter's prophet himself, a big bustling Baz over in Elstonwick. How are you this fine Monday morning, Mr. Brian? How good's the last three days been? It's just, it sucks we're in a hard lockdown, but the last three days have been pretty good, haven't they? They have been. They have been. When you're a little bit of sunshine, a little bit, of, a little bit of civil liberty, you can go out for a little bit of a walk, just soak in the rays, have a have a takeaway coffee, and uh, just smell the roses, mate. It's all. It's not that bad. It's bad, but it's not that bad. Yeah, another week we'll be allowed out for two hours, and we get an extra hour as well. So. Um, you know, when daylight savings kicks in, you beauty. But anyway, I'm not here to talk politics, mate. I'm here to talk footy. We had a pretty good weekend again, tipping wise. So we're, we seem to be going all right. The doggies got the job done for us as well. Yep, they didn't. They didn't do it easy, and they never do the doggies. But that's the joys. That's the joys of punting on a doggies game. You know, you're going to be in there to the very last kick. It's a great segue there, Baz. As always, let's get into our review section. What just happened? The big wins and bad beats of round 16A. And going to go back to one of our more recent games on the money, off the ball. We uh, don't like to delve into hot takes, but sometimes you just can't help yourself. So I've got a few for you to decide whether or not they're on the money or off the ball. And first one, Baz, is St Kilda won't win a funnel based on their last month of footy. That, of course, referring to the game, St Kilda 11-14-80 defeated Hawthorne 9-12-66. And the biggest hot take artist this year has not been a media member, Baz. Oh, no, 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 no. It is being the infamous Coach Alistair Clarkson who said this. They were playing an interesting game where it's kind of just like a game of keepings off, really, especially in the second quarter. They might be able to get away with it against us, but I don't think that method is going to lean itself into kicking a lot of goals. In terms of trying to win big games and score heavily, it'll be interesting to see whether that works for them in the long run. And uh, needless to say, Mr. Ratton was pretty pissed off with uh, Mr. Clarkson and refused to comment. So thoughts on that, Baz? Are the Saints the real deal or are they just another battling side? Has Clark been listening to the pods? I reckon about four or five weeks ago we flagged this. There's been a few people that have been pinching some of our content, so obviously <laughs> we're getting global and trending now. Uh, I think I reckon it was after the Geelong game we flagged that um, St Kilda already score one way and teams are going to start figuring them out and it won't stand up in finals footy. And yeah, Clarko's just gone with it. Clarko's the master of deflecting. He, he knows their team's not going that well, and if he say, if he says a comment like this. The media than a construct, construct and a comment, not the Hawthorne Football Club. Yeah, he's very, very smart. He knows how to do this very well. He's an experienced coach and a good coach for for this reason, but or for many reasons, to be honest. Um, so I don't know if you've noticed the last two weeks, Hawthorne have been getting smashed at clearances, and and scored against heavily from that. Yesterday, they won the clearances and they scored massively against St Kilda up from clearances, which has been a St Kilda strong point. So whether St Kilda have like tried to tinker a little bit with their game style and game plan, knowing that just scoring from clearances won't and getting it over the back won't um, get the you know get the job done. They've tried to score a bit more from the back half and on turnover um, and try and get out the back again with quick play. You know my thoughts, Skira. I don't think they're like, like they'll make the eight because they're just going to squeeze in. They're better than the bottom nine teams, obviously, or um, ten teams because they're making the eight, but. They're just there making up the numbers, but I, th- I don't. Th- I think there are a few. There's a few teams in the eight that are going to be doing that. Uh, 
whether they're going to improve next year. Obviously, Max King's have a big say on that, but I think um, I've said this before. I was, just people get a bit overhyped by them. I think they're a bit like a Melbourne or um, you know maybe even an Essen where people think they're better than what they actually are. And if you take away one or two players or you look at the actual list, you think, well, hang on a minute, they've got some actual big holes. So, um, yeah, that depends on how they go over the trade period. Do I think they're going to win a flag in the next five years? Hell no. Um, do I think they're going to be a decent side that makes the eight consistently? Yes. Is that what they want to do? Probably. But they're never going to be in a real chance of winning a flag. So, but yeah, that's that's my opinion. Unless they do some some smart drafting and recruiting over the next couple of years. Yeah, they are a side of probably very much like, like Melbourne, I think, where the fans have had such a dearth of success over the last, for some fans' time, lifetime, that they just don't know, like, this is good for them. We have St Kilda fans in our life that just feel like making the eight is good. And you know what? It is. It's good to play finals football. But if your club's success is driven on just doing that, then you will obviously cap out a lot earlier than you would if you were a side that's used to playing in finals and wants to go on and win a premiership. And then that's their expectation, which is uh, an interesting segue here, Baz, to the next game we'll talk about. Essendon made a mistake by keeping Worsfold on as the official head coach in 2020. So that refers to the game, Geelong 17-6, 108, defeated Essendon 5-12-42. And this is an interesting quote from Wusher after the game where he said, Geelong in terms of their experience tonight was maybe three seasons per player on average ahead of us. That's a massive amount to concede. When we get our group together, we're going to grow pretty quickly on that. And yes, there is a gap. It's not as big as it looked. And if they commit into the game style and work hard over the next full preseason, the improvement will close the gap dramatically. So my question to you, Baz, is then if your head coach thinks that you're not good enough to win finals, let alone win a premiership, why not just start the rebuild this year and get rid of Usher? So I'm, from my understanding and from what's been said in the media as well, I'm pretty sure Wusha hasn't had a big say on what's been going on. It's all been Rutten and Carousel anyway. I'm pretty sure Wusha's just a mouthpiece at the moment for Rutten and Carousel to be doing their thing. So I think that happened when the COVID hit and I had that break. I think the club decided to go that way. And I think that's also why we've seen so many different game styles, so many different things happen so much inconsistency, um, so many mixed messages because you've got Rutten and Carousel want to, you know, work on a game plan and get things out and, and they've started, I reckon they've started their rebuild, but worst file won't actually officially say anything because he's there as that sort of media mouthpiece because he's on the bet. He's, you can see in, in game, t- game days, mate, he's not coaching. Mm. He's on the bench. Yes. So he was supporting more than anything. Mm. You can see Rutten and Carousel. So he's just copping the abuse and everything like that when really it should be on Rutten and Carousel for what's going on on the field. And, yeah, the mixed messages. But the mixed messages have been happening all year. Um, you know, if you – you know, I like, like listening to the uh, first crack on a Sunday night and they've actually spoken about this a fair few times where what, why is this mixed message? Why isn't Rutten doing all the – they know Rutten's coaching, so why isn't he doing the media stuff? Mm. So um, – and yeah, as a player, well, they've made a few changes. Really. Like they've got Devin Smith playing over half back and stuff like that. Like he's a midfielder. He's, he's one of your best midfielders. He's why is he playing midfield? Like just things like that. And poor Irving Mosquito went down with a knee yesterday as well. I hope he recovers fully and gets back on the park. I was pretty shattered for him yesterday. But again, I don't think Essendon, I think we, we see yesterday, Essendon aren't that good. And I think Wusha, yeah, they're not – and he admitted they weren't that good. And you can see they've, the only top eight side of the beat was us, and that was 
they bloody played well that night and we played terrible. They actually turned up that night and they were bloody good. Um, they haven't beaten anyone else in the top eight and they've only beaten the teams below them. So, and some of those haven't been very convincing either. Um, I mean, we said last week on the predicted score that they're, I think they were third bottom. So, yeah, they're in some, I reckon they've got more issues than, than, and uh, I think Wush is trying to sell a positive message about, you know, and then in, the gap's not that big. Well, I'm telling you right now, especially if Joey Danaher leaves, the gap is massive. And the issue will be if they've already transitioned the coaching staff and Wusher isn't trying to play his game plan and it is Rutten's game plan and it is Carousel's game plan, then that's a lot worse for them next year because they've already lost the group. So they haven't kicked more than a goal in the first quarter in their last eight games. They haven't won a first term since the second round. Now, you can kind of excuse teams this year for fading out, but you can still turn up. And then that's on the coach, yeah. really. Getting your getting your players ready to play football is seen in good first quarters. And the good teams this year are playing good first quarters, and this team hasn't won one since round two. I think you can see over the weekend as well, um, over probably the last week, apart from probably – so Sydney, Fremantle, and Adelaide, their seasons are done, but you can see them rocking up and having intent and they're being able to keep, like, keep motivated and mm. want to win a game of footy. It's bit, and Hawthorne probably to a certain extent got that back yesterday after their poor couple of weeks. But North, Essendon, and to a certain extent, even I suppose you can see Carlton singing up, but North and Essendon have shown just like they don't want to be there. And I suppose the difference there is that North and Essendon's list is a lot more advanced in games. As much as Bush says, oh, he's three seasons behind in experience. He's not, they're not in a full rebuild. They're not a, they're not a Gold Coast Suns. They're not a Fremantle. They're not a Sydney. No, they've still got Stringer, for, um, Stringer, Shield, Devin Smith, um, Michael Hurley, Hooker, um, McGrath in what his third or fourth season. I know he's injured. Um, you know, the Parish. Mm. Um, they've got so many players that are in their, you know, probably hitting their prime or just just over their prime. So, like, they, there's not like a big. They, they remind me a lot of a North Melbourne or St Kilda from a few years ago, where everyone was like, "Oh, they're close, they're close," but then like. Del Santo and uh, Montagna and Rue and all those sort of blokes leave or get traded out, then you see how actually bad they are. Mm. So, same, same with North Melbourne. You look at North Melbourne, they take out Cunnington, Ben Brown, and you know a couple of their younger players that are really good players and probably like Thomas and stuff like that, and then you see how poor they are. I think Essendon are a long way away, and I just hope their supporters don't fall into the, the message they're trying to sell and realise where they're actually at. Otherwise, next year... It could be pretty ugly for us and could be calling for heads pretty quickly. Speaking of a club that's struggling with depth, Baz, a West Coast the most overrated club in 2020. Western Bulldogs, 6-13, 49, defeated the West Coast Eagles, 7-5, 47. And everyone will point to the controversial goal from uh, Marcus Bontempelli or the controversial free kick given away by English or the goal missed by Mr. Jack Darling. But at the end of the day, they'll blame the fact that they didn't have Nick Nat. They'll blame the fact they didn't have Shuey, that they're missing a couple of their best players, that they had to travel a little bit. But this is what we've been expecting. This is the Eagles side that we expected. When the ball's on the ground and things get a bit tough, they can't handle it and they're not going to be much chopping finals. I don't know if you, I don't know if they got put out in the end because of COVID and everything, but we did our pre-season uh, previews. And I reckon West Coast, we rated pretty lowly. And again, last week we spoke about West Coast and I said they're lucky to be in the eight. They've had a pretty good run with having those six or seven games in Perth. You know, they got to live out of the hub and go home and do a thing in a normal life. And now they're back in the hub and they're back doing West Coast things like they did at the start of the year. And 
Simpson even mes- mentioned yesterday that they're struggling with it. So I, I was, and the what, the doggies did exactly what West Coast don't want. They played quick, really quick, kept the ball moving, just shanked it inside forward fifty, made it a ground ball. So they, they rely on intercept marks to get their game style going. Mm. They rely on intercept, you know, getting the ball from clearance. They didn't have Nick Nat, so they lost that. And the doggy, we all know how good the doggies midfield is. English took more ruck and so did Bruce instead of Dunkley. And they just had the game on their terms. They, they, they should have won by five or six goals in the end, the doggies. They should have blown them away and they should have beaten Geelong last week. And but as we know, Western Bulls game style can also hurt them as well as be good for them. So it kind of kept West Coast in the game. Um, but yeah, West Coast aren't going to aren't going to be any danger this year, especially if with the finals played in Brisbane. There, you just put a. I think we we did it round four or five. But you can put a massive text that's line through them now, a big thick one, so you can't even read them underneath. And especially if they do, say they win a final, and they might if they finish fifth or or sixth and get to have a home final in WA, and that's a still a big if. If they do make it through to the next week of finals, they will play probably a Richmond, a Brisbane, or a Port Adelaide, and they're all three sides that play the same kind of attacking mentality as the Bulldogs. They try and get it in fast. They try and get it in low. They try and get it in dirty. And they just yep. they just pound you with inside 50s. And if they get yep. pounded with inside 50s that aren't aerial, that aren't slow, that aren't high, that they can't pick off, they can't defend it. They have, they have always struggled except for one year, and that's a year that you will wish that you didn't remember, but you remember what year it was, and they did it good for four weeks, and after that they've never done it well ever again. But finally, Baz... The markets agree with you. So let's check in there because for the first time in a long time, the Eagles are out to $8. Everyone has jumped off the Eagles bandwagon. So there you go. I wish I had a bet for account. I could have laid them a lot earlier in the year when they were sitting there four bucks for so long. But the rest of the market looks like this. So Richmond are $4.50 favourites. Geelong, $5. Brisbane, $6. And Port Adelaide, who absolutely, well, didn't absolutely tail up, but did what they needed to do against North Melbourne in round 16, are still $8 outsiders. So we've told you pretty much every week of the pod, just keep investing in Port. And if you have a Betfair account, keep doing it or you have a cash out market that you can that you can expose, keep doing it. Because basically at the moment, I see those four sides. So Brisbane, Geelong, Richmond and Port Adelaide are all basically $5.50 premiership chances. They've all got probably 20% chance of winning the premiership, the 40% chance of making it to the to the grand final. So until a team gets close to that 550 teams like Brisbane at six bucks teams like Port at eight dollars a huge value whereas teams like Richmond and teams like Geelong are probably at the value or a little bit too short for my liking are you agreeing with that summation there Benz? yeah well Geelong have been coming in the last three weeks from 12 bucks to five bucks so and uh we got on them at 12 we I, I changed my mind on them at about 12 and said I got things wrong and they're playing bloody good football hub life is suiting them and uh they got the master to come back and little Gary Ablett. So, um, and good on him for what he was doing during the week as well, up in that hub off, playing with all the kids. I had a game of footy with 40 kids and he was running through the middle and manning the mark and joining in with them as well. So it was pretty funny and good on him. Um, yeah, look, Brisbane and Port for some reason are still the outsiders. John coming for a very good reason. Richmond, we used to see how they go against Geelong coming up, but yeah, I, if you if you're a smart betting man, if you haven't backed Port Adelaide, who are sitting on top, they should win this week, and they go pretty much guarantee the top spot, home finals. You know, yeah, just 
have a think about if you're good at investing and working out the markets with Betfair and stuff like that, you should be looking at it. I've heard a bit of um, bashing on Brisbane over the last week and it started to annoy me. And I, I, again, they went at Port Adelaide a bit last night as well on, on our first crack. So every every club this year has gone through a flat patch with COVID. Yeah, they've hit, you know, obviously hub life and all that sort of stuff. They've hit, every club's gone through it, especially every club in the top eight. And West Coast are going through it again because they hate hard life. They think it's the worst thing ever. Um, Brisbane have, are having that flat spot. We, we spoke about it last week about how they wanted to make a statement against Collingwood because they're playing a, a top team. They've had a bit of a rough run against – they've struggled against Richmond and, and uh, Geelong. They made, they made it less of a hoo-ha in the media, which uh, Fagan actually mentioned in the post-conference, post-match press conference as well, how they kept it quieter and didn't want to, you know – go over the top with the build-up and get too excited and it worked. I think given the two injuries they had during the game, um, especially to Harris Andrews, for them to still beat us in the circumstances they did shows a lot of tick and a lot of fight. They've been flat the last three or four weeks, but still, guess what? They've still got the wins. They're still sitting second or third, or equal second on the ladder or equal third on the ladder. A game behind Port, I think, and maybe with a game in hand, so they can still finish top as well. They get the home final series. Yes, they're going to be missing Harris Andrews, but in the last three weeks, uh, I think their numbers have dropped off slightly. But who's hasn't? Like, they're building themselves up. They've got 24 more days to get themselves 100% prime. Yes, they'll be missing Harris Andrews most likely for the first final. But they're going to be set for, for finals, ready to go better than anyone, along with Port and Geelong. So I don't know why everyone's bashing them and trying to bring them down, but it just helps us with a better market for mine. And the same with Port Adelaide. They keep saying, that oh, their four lines rely on Charlie Dixon will... I reckon that's probably going to play in Port Adelaide's favour again. Like, if you get to the finals and they go, right, let's start lying our eyes because everyone's going to gravitate towards Charlie Dixon, kick it to Laddams who might come back in or uh, Marshall or whatever, then that plays in Port Adelaide's hands because every team's going to start gravitating towards Dixon because they think it's the only avenue to go. So I think they're sitting pretty pretty, those two teams, and just keep bashing them so we get get better odds. And it's, again, if you can take off the Victorian bias – because again, this as much as this is a national game, it's very much a Victorian game. It's very much a Victorian media, and they will want Geelong to be favourites. They will want Richmond to be favourites. So they won't want Brisbane to win in Queensland. The media, the AFL will. The AFL will absolutely want Brisbane to win in Brisbane until Brisbane get to the grand final. Maybe they'll start supporting that team. But uh, yeah, until then, there's gonna be a lot of Victorian bias, which means smart investors like ourselves, like our listeners, will continue to invest in Brisbane and Port Adelaide until they get too short and it's no longer viable. But that won't happen apparently. So cash in on Port Adelaide. All right, into the back half of round 16B. Let's get into our previews. There are four matches left, and each of them in their own special way, Baz, is a ladder shaper. But more importantly for our punters and listeners, there I have two huge upset alert games involving teams that we love to fade. So the first one is tonight, 7-10. Melbourne are $1.60 favourites against Fremantle, $2.35 outsiders. They're playing at Kazali Stadium. The line here is 7.5, the over-under, 105. And finally, everyone's realising what we already knew, Baz, that Melbourne are frustrating. They are untrustworthy. They are flip-floppy. They are too quick to get arrogant. But they are still a shot at playing finals football. So do you trust them to get the job done when it's all on the line against Fremantle tonight? No. <laughs> the, the thing is, like, uh, they, they just come up with excuses about everything. Like, 
the travel and everything. You're the same as everyone else, mate. Like, anyway, I, at these odds, I don't know how Melbourne are, are seriously $1.55 in this game. It's an absolute joke. Considering um, they've made seven changes. Seven changes. And listeners to this podcast know that the threshold is four. So we saw Hawthorne yesterday make or seven or eight changes or nine changes or whatever. Um, and, you know, they still play pretty well. But I, I don't know how um, – so Angus Brayshaw is out. Uh, Jason Harms is out. So there, there's two players that are pretty good contrib- contributors for Melbourne. Um, coming in, I don't really see, you know, apart from probably Pickett and maybe Hibbard, but Hibbard will be sore. I, I don't really see any quality coming in to that team. Bruce is what, what's Bruce going to play as a, as a hit up forward, is he? Like what's it, what's Bruce's position? Cause obviously Gorn's in the, in the side and I, a part of me really wants to back in Freire here and just think that Freire are playing good footy there. They, they play very similar to, to Sydney, oh, probably, sorry, I shouldn't play. Today they play some. They play differently. They're better set up defensively than Sydney, but they move the ball slightly different. But they're in they the, the same, same mentality and they have the same kind of personality as a, as a club. They're just honest. They know where they're at lists wise. They know yep. what they expect of each other and what the coach expects of them, and they kind of put it out each week. And they're, yeah, they're, cool. that's the same as Sydney in the terms of they will they will actually turn up each week. Yeah, the the two teams outside of the eight that we can trust the most. Are Sydney and Fremantle, mm. and yeah, it's probably burned us once or twice this year. But overall, I reckon they've they've made us more money than probably anyone else outside the top eight. And also the ones where we've actually gone, oh, we should pick those sides, and we don't. Like last week when Sydney beat Melbourne, yeah, we're like, well, yeah. no, the gut was saying Sydney's going to be turned up, and we can't trust Melbourne. And this is the same here; we can't yeah. trust Melbourne. They've got seven outs and ins. Fremantle are a trustworthy outside eight side. But this is the sort of game that after Melbourne lose poorly last week, they'll come out and make a statement and everyone will jump back on their bandwagon saying that they're they're good again. I, I can't I just can't see like I just love I just love how they just they, they talk so positive about Melbourne and they make excuses for them and they're just not a very good team. Um I'm 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 probably gonna go Fremantle. Melbourne will probably come out and win, but I just I trust Fremantle more and Whatever, whatever happens, it's going to be a tight game. I don't know what the unders and overs are, but I don't think there'll be plenty. Of, I don't think there'll be a lot of scoring in this because Richmond and Fremantle was pretty. I think that went under, and that was pretty low scoring sort of a game as well. So um, I'm, I'm tipping this will go under. Yeah. So the over under here is 105, and that style of game does not suit Melbourne. So they're ranked uh, last for stoppages around the ground at the moment, Melbourne, which I don't quite understand because if you have Max gone and you think he's such an advantage. Surely you use him to exploit scoring from clearance. Um, also in tight games, since round eight, Melbourne have been out-tackled by eight per game, also ranked last. So if the game is tight, if the game is congested, the game doesn't involve the other side winning a bit more of the contested footy, Melbourne aren't great at getting their own own ball in a secondary stoppage situation. Not really. If they're not first to the ball, they don't get the ball at all. And so I'm also leaning towards Fremantle here. There was a way if I could thought if we could trust Melbourne. Melbourne are still the number one side in fourth quarters because they don't mind bashing up on a side once the side is dead. And so you could go Melbourne to win head-to-head. Melbourne to win the fourth is paying $2.30. But with Fremantle still offering $2.35, I'm going to go in with Fremantle here with you as well. Trust our gut. 
Trust the yeah. sides that we can trust outside the eight and we can't trust Melbourne and no one should ever waste any money on Melbourne. Speaking of tight contests, Tuesday, 8-10, Carlton are $1.54 favourites against Sydney. Against who are $2.50 outsiders are playing at the Gabba. The line here is also a slender nine and a half. There is no over under markets yet. And Baz, the Blues have a 1% chance of playing finals this year. Is that enough motivation for them to get the job done against the Swans? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, again, Carlton, are, there's a lot of things going wrong at Carlton and I'd love to see their lineup for this game. I don't think it's up yet because it's, it's still some reason they don't, well, obviously with the hubs and stuff, they're, they're pretty late with their lineups, but um, they were... They weren't that good against um, Jerry West. Jerry West are pretty ordinary as well. And we'll probably get to them soon. But um, again, if you can trust Sydney to produce what they did last week, I'd, I'd be tipping Sydney here. Carlton keep leaking goals. They can't score. Uh, or Like they're not scoring when they do get inside 50. I think they want, they have one of the highest um, turnover teams going inside forward 50 in the, in the league. So... Uh, I think the, I think, I actually think they are the highest. Uh, per inside fifty to turnover ratio is the highest in the league, which then allows the opposition to hurt you, and that's what Sydney do pretty well. So, I, a part of me thinks that you know maybe Carlton should be should be winning this, but I think on form and how Sydney have been playing, I know they had a stinker against against Fremantle a few weeks back, but you know they've beaten GWS, Melbourne. They were never going to beat Port, and Carlton have lost to. Just got over the line against Fro in a game they probably should have lost. Um, Gold Coast was an anomaly for mine, and they got done by Carlton and I Collingwood and then JWS in similar circumstances where they played good footy for a half but couldn't put on a scoreboard, and they just keep giving up goals in clumps. So I think I'm talking myself into Sydney here. I'm I'm with you as well, and again that that form kind of stacks up nicely for mine. So you look at. Recently, they've played similar sides. So, yes, I suppose Carlton gets the points for turning up against Fremantle. Each of them have the anomaly. So I think the anomaly game for Carlton was the Gold Coast one due to travel. Similar situation for Frio in Sydney, the back half of a, of a hubs day. But then you look at the other sides. Sydney weren't terrible against Port. They were very good against Melbourne. And Carlton have been poor two weeks in a row. And there's not a lot to save them now. And as you said, Sydney looks to be a side that's playing for the future. Carlton were a side playing for the now. And now that the now, the now is gone. And as you said, with the since the big old Patrick Cripps shout of we're back, we're in finals football, baby, the wheels have fallen <laughs> off a lot since then. And that will be hard for a side like that to be like, well, we're not going to play for next year because we should have been playing for now. So I think the mindsets there allow Sydney to come in. Prove another point, especially because at that club where, you, where you're rebuilding, list positions are a bit more... Uh, under pressure as opposed to a side like Carlton that likes to overvalue their list and overrate where they are and think that they're only one or two holes away from uh, winning a flag. So statistically speaking, they're all they're all kind of like, you know, untangibles. Three big stats here help me decide this game. So the Blues have launched a score from only 46 of their inside 50 chains. So they're ranked second last in the comp for that. Since round eight, they've recorded a shot accuracy of 39%. So they're the bottom three in the league for both those stats. Sydney are the best team at defending inside 50s. So if Carlton lead the turnover to inside 50 count, as you said, they're going to gift Sydney possession from their back half. They get to rebound up the guts and score heavily against Carlton. So I'm going with Sydney here as well. Two outsiders to start the pod. Yeah, the only thing that concerns me about uh, tipping Sydney and 
and Freo is they're still young, relatively young teams, and we're a lot like we see their coaches putting faith in their younger players in key positions. And we saw that a bit with Hawthorne yesterday. Um, that they can tie, like we saw Freo, uh, you know, have a bad game a couple of weeks ago because they were tired. And I said they were tired and I came back out against Richmond and looked refreshed and played really well. And then you've got Sydney did the same against Freo a few weeks ago. They looked tired and they came back out and, again, they've been more consistent. So hopefully they don't have a week where they're feeling a bit fat, the young lads. But uh, I'm backing in their coaches. And, geez, what an appointment Longmuir has been at um, Freo. I reckon Freo will be absolutely loving the selection they've done there compared to some of the other teams because I reckon they're definitely on the right path. And then to round out round 16, we've got two tip and forget games, although one I think has piqued your interest. So Tuesday, 5.40, Adelaide, a $3.50 outsiders, GWS, $1.31 favourites at the Adelaide Oval. The line here is just under four goals. Now, Baz, will you be watching? And if you are, what will you be watching for? Um, I'll probably have it on in the background more than anything. Um, GWS will win. Adelaide had a big win last week. A lot of pressure would have come off. Feel of relief would have been different around the club this week. There, um, I hope they don't. They got in danger of probably getting flogged here a bit because they just might um, feel like they've achieved what they needed to achieve this year. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're up and about against Hawthorne. Like Tex played his best game, and um, a few other of their senior players actually stood up for a change this year. And I, I just hope they continue. Don't think I oh, just got the job done. We've got a win. We've got two weeks left. Let's get the season over and done with now. So they've been pretty competitive and pretty much you know, they played to the you know the best they can in the past probably four to five weeks. Now they've got that win. I just don't want them to fall away. So that's my only concern. And. Uh, obviously, GWS should be winning this. They need to win this to, to you know, be certainly to make finals. Um, they're, they're in the West Coast bracket for mine, though, GWS. They are just making up numbers. Mm. There's something going on there, and I don't know what it is, but for a team with that much talent on their list to not be further up the ladder and playing better footy after making the grand final last year, it's quite concerning. It is. There is something wrong, but they don't think so. They've re-signed their coach, so who knows? And maybe, you know, they'll turn around some of their key superstars or overpaid, underperforming superstars. But as you said, they won't solve their problems this week against the side that they should be beating with their seconds. So I'll tell you what, if they don't beat Adelaide this weekend, there's going to be, there's gonna be uh, all sorts of interesting stuff in the media now on Wednesday. The, the hot takes galore. And to round out <laughs> Wednesday, 7-10, Brisbane are $1.28 favourites against the Gold Coast, who are $3.60 outsiders are playing at home at the Gabba. The line here is only three goals, Baz, which is pretty short in my imagination, obviously alluding to the fact that Brisbane are in a quote-unquote slump. Um what will you be watching for this one? And what does Brisbane need to do to Gold Coast to prove their premiership favouritism? Oh, I don't care. As long as they win. Um, I reckon it'll be a lot closer than what people think. I reckon it'll be a good game. These games are generally pretty spicy. A few a few players have history. Um, and I think Gold Coast definitely set them like, – and Brisbane to a certain extent over the past few years, like Gold Coast have actually won a fair few of these when they've had really poor teams. So – and I know Brisbane haven't been strong, but they've been better teams than what Gold Coast have had. So I reckon this will uh, this will be a decent game just because of the, the, the rivalry they have and it'll be a fair bit in it. And um, Brisbane off, you know, a bit of a shorter turnaround. Um, obviously got some injury issues. Will they rest a few players? Um, I'm not sure, but 
I reckon this will be a lot better game than what people probably give it credit for. So, you know, Brisbane, we've got, you know, Gold Coast and Carlton coming up. So I think they're going to, like I said, set themselves up for a for a finals um, campaign. That So they've got Sydney as well. But, yeah, I think they're just going to set themselves up over the next three weeks to make sure that they're going well and they've got everything sorted for their finals campaign. The bikes are rested and ready to go. So they'll still want to win and there'll be no excuse not to win. But, um, yeah, I reckon Brisbane should, will win, but not. I don't think it'll be as easy as what people might think or what the market suggests. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think the market's suggesting a lot closer than I would have expected, to be totally honest, given how much we rate, we rate Brisbane. But I also think this will be a this will be a game I think that Stuart Jew gets his boys up for as well. As you said, the Q clash is always pretty tight and fiery. And this is a nice little for them coming to this part of the season where the younger players are gonna absolutely tire and things might get a little bit hard motivation wise in the next couple of weeks when you know you can't do much. This is a nice little litmus test or a little marker to say, where are we actually at? Let's let's use this as our grand final of twenty twenty and show how far off are we from actually competing against the best of the best in the league. So yeah. hopefully a really nice clash to uh, to make us not want to watch reality TV on a Wednesday night. <laughs> is there still reality TV going, is there? Oh, apparently so. Everyone's favourite segment, Money Making Time Hour, feature bets for round 16B. And Baz, lead us off out of the gates with your best bet. Uh, my best bet is Toby Green to kick two or more goals against Adelaide, $2.37. There you go. Success with Liam Ryan last week, so I'm going to keep that train rolling. Everyone knows the number one rule of this pot is to fade Melbourne, so my best bet will be Fremantle at $2.45. I thought you'd be going there, that's why I left it out. <laughs> and uh, what's your value bet there, mate? I'm going to go to Brisbane Gold Coast. Another little prop bet. I think there, there might be some goals in this game. So I'm going to go Isaac Rankin, Alex Sexton, uh, Cam Rayner, Hume Cluggage. All big game, all players that will get up for this and big game players. Because I think this will have a bit of a big game feel for it. And um, there will anytime goal kicker for all those four is uh, $8.25. Very, very nice. Got some good value here for the for the listeners today. Uh, I'm going to go with some back-to-back outsiders here. So two value bets. Fremantle plus Sydney to both win head-to-head is $6.12. Second value bet involves some of the quarter-by-quarter action, which I've been getting some good dividends on recently. So Carlton to lead at quarter time, but Sydney to win is paying $7. Sydney are ranked 17th in Q1. So they start off slowly, but they do claw it back later on. And Carlton is a side that does like to give you a give you a sniff if they do have an early lead. So that's how most of those Carlton games play out. So $7 for Carlton to lead at quarter time and Sydney to win head-to-head. Any rough action, Baz? No, mate. I've, I think I've done my two bets and you've taken my uh, Freo into Sydney bet. So I think we're good. Excellent. I've got a super rough. Well, the roughest go. of the rough. You, so, you, jagged, you jagged a couple of quarter ones and a few like that, and now we're, we're all up and about. We're all up and about. <laughs> Sydney ranked 17th in Q1 performances. They rank 18th in Q4 performances. I still think Sydney beat Carlton because they're going to win it in the middle in the middle quarters. So if Carlton win the first and Carlton win the last, but Sydney win head-to-head, that pays $34.25. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> if that gets up, mate, I'll, I'll be uh... – 
There'll be a fair bit of Twitter action, I reckon. I think so, indeed. And speaking of Twitter, if we've missed any of your picks or tips that you think might get up during the midweek footy action, let us know at W-A-T-O-S pod, what are the odds pod? And if our tips made you some cash or we just kept you entertained during uh, this lockdown period if you're a Victorian or this slight dull period if you're not a Victorian, then uh, to give thanks... Uh, head down to either of your favourite podcast players, leave a cheeky five-star review and maybe a comment or two. To the football baz, stay away from reality TV and uh, until we talk soon, stay safe.